Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. As always, I am honored that you're joining us this week. So, of course, as you listen to the show week in and week out, I hope that you really feel my passion and mission to change that word sales from that icky, sleazy, manipulation uh, kind of vibe to one of love, care, and respect And to help you on your sales journey, wherever you might be, I'm excited to announce that I launched my yay all-star, it's called the All-Star Community Membership. Check it out. I will put the link in the show notes. Um, my premise in life or my, my motto in life is a rising tide lifts all boats. And that was a John F. Kennedy, uh, a quote. And I have to tell you, my 40-year career, I've lived by that quote. So if you're interested, go to the show notes and my membership site there. I'd love to have you come and play with me. Now, because I believe that the ships rise together, um, we, ugh, I'm going to have to edit that out. That's not what I wanted to say. Okay, okay. continue, c- continue, Connie. So my motivational quote today is by Jack Welch. And Jack says, before you are a leader, Success is all about growing yourself. When you become a leader, success is all about growing others. Every week as I write my introduction for this show, I really sit and reflect on, and this week, on the many bosses that I've had during my 20 years in corporate before I opened my business 21 years ago. Now, I've had the gamut of what I'll call the good, bad, and the ugly bosses, right? And sadly, this is really sad that the majority were not very good leaders and often felt like I had to fend for myself. I remember my first sales manager, uh, you know, when they train you, they go out with you. And I remember after every appointment in the car, he would just end up yelling at me, pointing out all the things I didn't say or said incorrectly. Remember, I'm learning, right? This was early in my career. There was never any positive feedback ever. And then finally, after working there um, as a financial advisor for about a year, I saw my first million dollar policy. I'm so excited. I go in and the next morning he looks at me and his response was, why didn't you sell two million policies? So you get the vibe and I'm sure you all have horror stories as well. So he was not voted the best boss of the year for sure. So today I'm excited. I have an amazing guest, Talmer Anderson. Now, Talmer is the CEO and founder of Boss Actions, the boss best practices and hiring strategy firm that delivers the secrets to work-life balance for business owners. Now, Talmer is on a mission, as I am, to teach you that it is not that it does not have to be so hard to build, lead, and celebrate with your team. Now, Talmer, the boss muse, has been featured on Apple TV, Roku, and more, and is a sought-after speaker. As the creator of Bossification, the groundbreaking program that delivers step-by-step process and insight on how to hire, how to manage, and how to step fully into your thriving boss role. Talmer knows how to create dramatic shifts in your perspective on what it means to be the boss of of a successful growing business. Isn't it time to pull up your bossy pants and grow? So Talmer, thanks for being on. Thank you. I love that last little piece. I, I was like, oh, is it time to pull up your bossy pants and grow? Yeah, we're including that because I thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, life's too short to not have fun. And I, I, I absolutely enjoy what I do. And I remind people that they could love what they do too. And it really helps with the right people around you, right? That's the good 100%. stuff. 100%. Absolutely. We're doing it. Might as well make it a fun ride, right? For right. Sure. right. Yeah. So first question, how the heck did you get started down the path 
of being the hiring boss and, and you came up with a bunch of best, best practices. How did you do that and why, or maybe why did you do it? Uh, all great questions, Connie. And thank you again for having me on the show. I really appreciate Love it. that. Sure. I, um, I would tell you that uh, I was an operational consultant, you know, a long time ago, I bossed around attorneys, managed law firms for over 20 years. And then I went out on my own as an operational consultant. I have to be a consultant, not a coach, because I just tell people what to do. That's the bossy side of me. Um, but my clients want that. They're like, Talmar, just tell us the answer, for goodness sakes. Let's get to the point. Um, and so after about seven years out and about, I kind of stopped and I thought, I feel like there's something I'm not missing. And I went back over seven years where the clients and whether I worked with them for one day or one year, they all had the same two questions. What do, how do I find good people, right? Where are all the good people at? And the second one was, what do I do if I have to fire them, right? Nobody wanted to, they're like, everybody's so afraid of being sued and they're all so anxious and they... They don't understand that they have certain rights as an employer and as an owner to protect their company. And they just, that nerve kept them kind of just paralyzed, if you will. So, so I was like, huh, I can't be inventing this wheel, but sure enough, I went out and there really weren't step-by-step processes that were being taught to business owners, Mm -hmm. how to hire, how to manage, how to really step into that boss role, or as you mentioned at the top leadership. Um, And, and so I was like, well, I can invent this wheel. And I love process and systems. I'd always been in charge of hiring. I always got promoted to that piece of it, whatever I did in my life. And uh, so I had over 20 years of experience before I even started down actually niching into this area. But I just, it's my joy and it's, and people call it life-changing. So anything I can do to make it easier and more efficient and they grow faster and they like their people and it's way less stressful. Why wouldn't I offer that? Absolutely. And, and it, we do need to hire good people to be around us, to get done what we need to get done. And maybe even more importantly, they're a representation of our business or whatever, whoever the organization is. So hiring the right people, kind of an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I've, I've just another question with the big resignation that's still happening right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Has anything shifted with that that hiring process, has there been a little pivot or shift that you've seen in the marketplace? Well, I will tell you a, a couple of things. The great resignation is not as big and scary as, as they're making it sound. Small business <clears throat> has always had, uh, because I specialize with small business as opposed to midsize or large corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, small business has always had to be competitive to hire. We've always had to be a little, you know, inventive in how we, you know, create benefits for our teams. So I, I think that it's only created an awareness for the employees that they really do want to know more about what am I getting myself into? And, um, and certain industries have got a little more competitive on the cash because people, you know, they can work remotely. So now you can, you're really picking from the best of the best. And if you want the best of the best, they're like, okay, but I know my value. And so there is definitely a little bit of a shift there. Um, But I think that having said that, that's going to shift back not maybe not the value part. I want everybody to always be, be paying their team's value, but I think it's going to shift back to more people being in person, which again means you're hiring more local talent. So while you might have the best of what's local, you'll be able to apply that kind of compensation model to local, you know, price points, if you will. 
Well, it's interesting because I think what happened with this big resignation, you know, the first time I heard it, I was like, what? But it was as the the businesses were starting to go back right to live functionality, not just doing this remote thing because of COVID people were home having lunch with their kids, dropping their kids off at school, being there when the kids got home from school. And now they're thinking, and, and you know, I'm in New Jersey, you know that the yep, yep. You know, commuting, if you've got one hour commute, you're doing real well here, you know, to commute from where I am into Manhattan, it's two hours door to door times two. So people yeah. started saying, whoa, I'm getting 20 hours back a week and I have time with my family. It became a work-life balance. Absolutely. So I get why people started to say, you're forcing me to come back when I was super productive remotely. Can we do a hybrid or something? And some companies were like, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out, which was great, right? They saw the value in the employee. Whereas some companies were like, nope, you don't want to do it, leave. So again, it is what it is. But I I think people started realizing their value and what they brought to the table and giving up. And I'm just using New York, right? That two hours, right? That 20 hours a week, that's a lot of time to give up. Versus being with family. So the work-life balance, I, I get that. And I think every time we have a job or for you and I to take a client, you have to think about, you know, what's that work-life balance? What's the commitment? And do I want to do it? Can I do it? Right. And what does it mean to me personally? So I think all those questions now are being questioned where before it was, you got a job, you went into work and, oh, well, you got to commute, deal with it. Right. Well, and so it's very, it, it is a hundred percent that, but I also think it's funny because it ties so perfectly to the stories you were sharing about your experiences with bad bosses, right? Yeah. People leave jobs because of a bad boss. I don't care if it's pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, you're, you're a bad right. boss they're going to leave and you can pay them money for a little while, but they're going to leave. It might, they might even come knowing it's going to be a bad situation, but they're going to leave. <laughs> and so now more than ever, they were like, you know what? Not having that person constantly in my face saying it's not good enough to your experiences and being able to not have the 20 hours, the commute. I mean, that was a huge shift for people because that's to your point. It is It is, in fact, a definition of success when you have to spend less time getting from your home life to your work life, whatever that is, whether you're an owner, an employee, whatever, when there's less time in that, you have a better life. That's just it's a fact. And so it's actually a definer of success in life, how much time you spend getting from A to B. Now, people will tell you they're efficient or whatever, but the truth of the matter is the the commute the ability that we proved to bosses that we could work professional uh, remotely and get things done. Um, it's all a matter of whether the bosses are keeping up with how to, it is a little bit different in their management process. Sure. And only the people that were even trying in the first place are going to change. So, so uh, it, it's still the same reason people are leaving bad bosses. And just a tiny bit of the group was like, I could do this in Savannah, Georgia. So I'm going to go be in the South by the ocean and not have to deal with the New Jersey or I'm outside of Washington, D.C. right now. So, yeah. And and you deal with traffic, too, like I do. It's yes. real. So I, I get I get why people. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. The people that bring a lot of value to the table, mm-hmm. I think that they saw, whoa, whoa, whoa. I bring value. Look at my productivity went up because I didn't have that commute, but I still got in my office the same time I would have left the house in the morning for the commute. And they're getting, they're getting more hours from me because I'm not commuting. Why are you forcing me to come back and give 
giving up now this new lifestyle that, by the way, you're getting more productivity and I'm getting more time. Why aren't you allowing it a win-win? And I well, think that's where the resignation came, right? Let's, People let's said, go I'm, to the other side of that, because the truth of the matter is there are plenty of employees that don't know how to be productive at home. There are plenty of people true. that are not able to get away from the distraction of the dogs and the dishes that's and the, whatever true. it is. Right. So, so to be fair, there, there are some employees that are very anxious to get back to an office life because that's they know true. once they get there, one, they get the separation for whatever, you know, craziness yeah. was on top of them, but also <clears throat> there's a human aspect to it. And the reason that I really truly believe that we're never going to be totally remote if we can help it because yeah. we're humans. We are tribes. We want to be with people. Yeah. It is way more fun to walk down the hall, reiterate this great sales that you close and high five someone than going yeah. a text, closed it. And a little, you know, emoji comes up and goes, yay. Right. Like what a letdown. So I think that, you know, I'm saying that human side of it is there's, you know, there are people on both sides of the coin, employer employees that want that. There are certain industries that it would never work. I mean, come on truck drivers, please stay with us. Right. Right. You need the truck drivers. There's, it's just not, it's not a real thing to say that we should all be remotely. And I don't, and I think it has to be, and to my point of, Build it like you want it. I believe that's true of everything. If you want to be remote and get to the best talent in the country, then you should do that. But if you find value, if you built a business to go into an office and be there with a team, you can find people that want that too. It's just about learning how to put that into your process and vetting for it. Yeah. And it's interesting because even my business, you know, a lot of my clients, we did some remote stuff. And now that we're back live and we could go back into training rooms, a lot of my clients say are doing hybrids where maybe yep. we could do a combination. Some are, can you come in and do it live? And some are staying remote. 100%. And it, yeah. And, and it's funny because for me, I get different value from all three venues. Agreed. And I, of course, I'm going to serve my client the way where they need me to be. I, of yeah. course, I make that happen. But yeah, I agree with that. And it's funny because some of my friends and colleagues are saying, oh, thank goodness we're back in the office. I was right. going out of my mind. Look, you know, I felt like I was in a timeout in my, you know, my dining room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a real thing. And, and I, you know, the separation, right? There's a psychology to it also, yeah. right? The psychology of your, your your brain literally changes when you physically walk into your office building. It knows yeah. there's yeah. habits to that. You, you know, you walk in at 8.30 every morning. So your brain actually starts to make a shift. And so there's a, there's, there's a release of the stress of the home. There's a, a, a surge of excitement because you can achieve and be recognized for what you contribute, right? There's benefits and stress on both sides. Um, but to the point of the great resignation, people understood they, they needed to be more considerate of what they wanted. And that has put employers in a position of needing to vet people more specifically. Do you, you know, um, right now I'm working with a client and they're hiring a part-time position and the full-time people keep applying to it, but they're like, look, you, you haven't been part-time that the employer's like, I can't risk that this doesn't work for them. I need somebody that is 
choosing a life that needs a part-time position, right? And that's out there. And the fact that they've worked with me to get that clarity, right? Hiring part-time is different. And you very specifically have to vet them for what in their life requires part-time, what in their life keeps them motivated to stay with part-time. Because yeah. otherwise, if they take your part-time gig just to get some cash in the door while they're still looking for full-time, we're talking 90 days and they're out the door. And that's just a huge waste of cash and yeah. time. Yeah, it's it. you're an expert, right? So you see all of the pitfalls that if we're not experts, we're not going to see those pitfalls yeah. and we can't kind of head them off at the pass. And that's what you do for them. So here's my question. You heard my story at the beginning, right? With my boss that should never have been a boss, clearly. <laughs> but do you have to be a heartless ogre and jerk to get the results? <laughs> Seriously. And and he, I love was, that. he, was, ab- he was abusive. I mean, we'd get in the I'm car and sorry. I'd be like, all right, go ahead, go ahead, scream. I'm ready. And I'm, I used to think people driving by because he'd be screaming. You could see that I could see the veins. I'm like, do people see this? Like I'm looking out the window like he's a moron and he's yelling at me and I'm really not learning anything from being yelled at but do you have to approach business that way and treat employees mean to get crap done absolutely not 109,010% exponential whatever you want to say absolutely not the issue is those people uh, they're, they're bosses by power and by will. And mm. they know And if you look at those companies, so you, funny enough, you said you were a financial advisor. Don't talk about the company right now, but, but that industry more than others. And there are some that hire to burn through people and it yeah. breaks my heart. They're like, they put out the ad that's very general. They attract like 10 people and they're hoping that they've got one that will make it through. And then they, they make it like a boot camp. And who's motivated by that, right? Somebody who's very monetarily, maybe, but you know what? There's no allegiance. There's no loyalty. There's no tenure. There's, you know, burnout and the expense of nine people that are never going to make, I mean, it's, it is so backwards in my world. I just don't understand that. So the, so the key is, um, funny enough, small business owners, actually, more often, I work with the people that go the other way. They're <laughs> trying so hard. They're like, I, I give them so much flexibility, and I've given them every chance. And I'm like, well, there's our problem, right? You've got to tell them what you need in, for success. You have to define that for them and hold them accountable to it, right? Have you told them what you need them to do? There's so many places where we can very excitedly be like, this is the job, but we're not taking the time to really communicate what success looks like for the person working for you as the boss, working for the company, and then also working as a part of that team, right? There's so many different ways we have to check for alignment in our hiring process. And we, maybe we check one, some people check two until they work with us. They don't really understand all the things you need to be really, truly taking the time to vet. That's how you're going to find people that are going to come in and you don't have to yell at them. They get it. They're on mission. They like to work the way you like to work and you get to all celebrate the same way because you value the same things. We, you know, we, we talk too fast. I don't know if you noticed, I talk a little quickly. And so I have to, I know, right. But what I have to do is all of my vetting. I don't want to talk slower to my team. I will for podcasts. I will for my clients, but when I'm excited in my office, I don't want to slow down. I don't want to have to repeat myself a lot. So I vet for people that can actually absorb audio information quickly. Yeah. I don't need them to speak back to me quickly. I just need to know that they can catch it and they can move on with it and Run use it. it what they need to do. Right. Yeah. And that's really important. And so that's 
I have clients that start and they're like complaining. I have to repeat myself a hundred million times. I'm going insane. And we get down to it and we find out some of the characteristics or the habits that this person brought with them. We weren't clear about what we wanted. We found out that they're not never going to be successful with what we want. So now it's a mismatch higher and we have to decide how we're going to how we're going to handle that going forward. Yeah. And, and it's, it's about clear expectations, boundaries. What are the boundaries, right? What is, what are the goals? And it, it goes back to what we we're saying before too, Tom, or the, the value added, does the company's values meet my values? And as soon as there's a misalignment, that's where you get distressed. That's where my boss sucks. That's where I want to leave, right? All, yeah. of, all of those pieces of the puzzle. So yeah, I, I agree. There, that clarity, that, see, so goes back to my, my, but my super genius, right? Yeah. Yeah, is yeah, communication, yeah. right? I have my communication style assessment and all those things. We don't communicate as humans because we're not taught to communicate, share expectations, not be, not like my boss did. He was horrible, right? But yeah. we can share our expectations so that people can see the value of the organization and where they're coming from. And we could see the value of the employee. Is it a match? And if it's not, doesn't mean they're bad people or a bad organization. They just weren't a match. And that's okay. And that's okay. So that's so funny. One of the big things that I go through with my team, with my team, with my clients, when we're working through the management side of what we do in a bossification is I remind them that a lot of your communications, especially with your underperformers is giving them the space, the permission, the, the blessing, if you will, to let them know that it's okay that this is not a job for them right? It's okay. If this job is not for you, it's okay. If you don't want to handle these responsibilities, I just need to know, is this our two weeks notice, right? It's okay, but let's just talk it out. Right. Is it's okay. We don't have to fix it. Fixing is so expensive. And I'm not saying don't take the time to uh, communicate clearly. If, if boss, we didn't set the expectation correctly. If we didn't communicate the responsibility correctly, if we didn't communicate uh, the result and the goal that we're looking for, because I, that's a big part of it, right? Is, uh, my example would be <clears throat> that somebody says, um, Hey, uh, paint that wall and, uh, I need it done by Friday. And they say, Oh, okay. What color? Green. Great. And so the boss comes in Friday and it's lime green and they walk up to you, Connie, and they go, Connie, you're fired. I wanted forest green. We, we never discussed that. You said green. And then you gave me no more information. Now you need to cultivate a culture where that person's going to go, wait, 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 just so you know, there's a lot of greens at the paint store. So let's talk about what this exactly is that you want. Um, but it's really hard for an employee to come to a boss and yeah. say, I'm not clear on my job. I don't know what I'm doing. I need you to help me solve this problem. And please don't fire me. Right. That's open door policy is only effective when we have created the kind of communication and uh, relationship that shows that you're accessible and willing to solve problems for them. Because that's the big shift, right? Boss actions, we firmly, 100%, everything we teach and work on is the boss provides the tools, the team builds success. And if they don't know what they're doing, shame on me. Yeah. It's accountability. It's accountability yeah. on both sides, right? We've got yeah. to hold people accountable. We've got to hold ourselves accountable as leaders. hundred percent. Right? right. Yeah. But I, it's I not about it. being mean. It's about being clear. And so if we don't know what to be clear on, 
that's where our, our processes come together. Absolutely. It was yes. funny when I hired my VA, it's about a year ago now, and uh, she was very quiet. And so our first meeting, I said, listen, you, you know what you're bringing to the table. I see the value, but we, we have to be able to communicate. I said, she's young, she's 21. And I said, yeah. you see things I don't see as a 60 year old woman. And I've been in business long, you know, technology much better than I do. I need you to verbalize if you see something to think, oh, this is a perfect match for what we're building within the business. You have to bring it to me. And now I I love it because I'll say something and she'll give me like the scrunched up nose and say, (laughs) well, maybe we could do that a little different. And I go, yeah, yeah. What do you want? What do you want to tell me? We have the best relationship because she's not afraid to approach me and say, Con, I know you did this. I don't think we should do that. I think we should do this. Or this is new technology. I think it's worth the money. Or I sent her things. I saw this new technology. Can you vet it? See, can we use it? And she'll come back. Nope. We're doing that with XYZ. We don't need to spend more money. So she understands, but we communicated so that we hold each other accountable. She got to hold me accountable too. And today she said, uh, we met this morning uh, before recording the show, and she said to me, okay, so I'm giving you homework and you have to do it. I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) But but see, she she understands Mm -hmm. she can hold me accountable because it's for my business and my best interest. And and you gave her, so the the real critical super boss move that you did was you gave her permission. You said from the get-go, you were saying you, you know, when you first met with her, those first six weeks are so critical to setting the standard. And it's, it can be a learning process if it's the first few hires, because now the boss is being somebody's telling them they're not doing their job and it's a little uncomfortable, right? Like, again, my assistant will do the same thing. She'll be like, what were you telling her? You didn't tell me which one you chose, right? Like I I'll go do that, but which one? And I was like, Oh, you can't read my brain. Like I, I mean, you know, it's not a strategy, right? You've got to actually articulate. So it does happen, but the key is to really be clear in setting that and then how you respond when they do it. Right. So bosses will go in with the best intention and they'll be like, I don't know. She's always asking me for this. He always wants that. And so there is some awareness that you need to bring to it that maybe the way you're communicating with this person isn't setting them up for success. If you can approach it from not that you're doing something wrong, boss, but from the idea, this is what they need to successfully give you the results you want. You can take that personal stuff out of it, right? Let's let's just get excited about the fact that they want to deliver for us. Now, yeah. the, again, the mismatch might happen if we didn't vet them correctly when we were bringing them on. You know, what would have what would have happened if, like, she came from a culture, a background, a family that you would never talk back to authority? She might not have found success. She was young, and that was where her shyness was. But some young people are shy because their family you, you, that's disrespectful, and they would never do it. So it could have got to a point where that wasn't going to work for you guys yeah. because she would it even doing you can do the right things as a boss and that's not going to work for everybody and so you have to just be able to recognize that and can i just go off on one thing you can <laughs> you can go for it bring it okay so vas girl the vas are going to love this by the way this is in defense of them virtual assistant a va is a virtual assistant saying you need to hire a va is like saying i'm hungry let's go to restaurant you're Which one? 
Yeah. What do I what need do you, him to do? What right? do you what need do, him to do? Right. Kind of like, is it a marketing assistant? Is it an organizational assistant? Is it a client facing? Is it scheduling? There's so many there's and now more than ever, like the VA umbrella title has really like some are really yeah. expansive agencies now. And some is one person working in their basement and they really are a bookkeeper, right? It could be anything. So that just speaks to that clarity of when you're saying, I need a virtual assistant. I want you bosses out there really to think I'm looking for somebody to give me this kind of result and back into what that successful person will bring to you. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was the admin stuff that was bogging me down and I should be out doing business development, not being bogged down with website errors, right? And not looking to hire someone. So technology and admin were my two big things. And she's just stupendous. She's she's a superstar. She really is. So shout out to my Denise. I keep teasing her saying, you can never leave me. And she tells me, but you can never die. (laughs) Okay. Well, okay. Now now you walked into another door. Okay. Let's talk about it. So Connie, how long has she worked for you? A year. Okay. So that's fantastic. And I'm sure you are the exception to the rule. However, comma, let's be clear. Our society does not value people staying in positions for a very long time. And so traditionally, most small business hires, really good ones will stay for 18 to 36 months. So, so that's again, why it's so critical. I mean, again, good on your hiring process. You got somebody that could be effective quickly and get the job done and get what you needed. You did a great job there, right? A lot of people think they're going to find somebody and teach them how to do a job. They'll find that young 21 year old and teach them. And now we've lost three, six, nine months of that tenure. And the issue is the sociology of our business world um, suggests that they're going to leave a boss before the boss can fire them, right? It's a very deep conversation. That's not really the point. The point is they're going to get skills. They're going to develop in their experience. And so they're going to be ready for the next rung. And we are, as small business owners, which unless you're making 50 million or more, you're still a small business owner. Small business owners don't have the layers to promote people into different responsibility as quickly as our team usually develops. Does that make sense? It does. So sometimes, especially in assistant roles, you really will find somebody that wants a career as an assistant. It's unusual, but it does happen. And and that would be true of some of your leadership roles, right? You're going to hire somebody into a manager of operations that turns into your director of operations and maybe your COO, maybe. But but even management roles, five years is a good tenure for somebody. So we're going to always need to be hiring and yes, make jokes, but don't buy the gold watch for retirement yet, because she probably will have another opportunity that you're going to bless her and want for her. It's just going to be heartbreaking for both of you because you really do jive well together. And it's a great environment for both of you. Well, I'll share with you. She and I talk about her career pathing all the time. And because in the next decade, I'm scaling my business to the point where either my kids take it over if they want, there's never any pressure for me. And if they don't, I want to be in a position to sell it, right? So how, how, what do I need to build? What's the infrastructure? All of that. And I, and as I grow, I, because she's just so bright and so good and educated and all of the things that, you know, I respect in her, yeah. 
um, and she's super organized and, and just a go-getter. So yeah. I said, eventually I'd like her to become the project manager and have a team under her as mm-hmm. we start to build and scale. So she's, and, and she's building her VA agency. So she's nice. creating a business, right? So there's a, we both gain from each other because she's mm-hmm. learning business from me, right? And she's doing all these amazing things on the back end for my, for my business. Yeah. But as we scale, as every decision we make, we make together, I include her. And Love so it. that the scalability is there. And then how is she going to fit into that so that she can look at a long-term career? And if not with me, right, then someone else who can deliver that for her. But it's just, it's a great relationship and it works. And, And But see, I believe in educating her and growing her skills because I see her superpowers. So like I sent her to classes. I'm like, I think you need this. And I go, forget it, that you're not going to use it with me. You need it for you and your future. So, you know, you go and do it, you know, I'll, I'll pay for it, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, so she's very appreciative, but see, we give back to each other a lot. A hundred percent beyond. So it's, it's, it's a great relationship. I have another question. What do you, what do you think? Cause you've been doing this for quite some time now. What's the number one mistake that you see business owners just kind of continually make, maybe shoot themselves in a the foot that hopefully people listening can avoid? Oh girl. It's uh, trying to hurry through a hiring process. They wait too long, right? They're slammed or they got a big contract and they're like, okay, now I just need bodies. No, no. Oh, but it's okay, Talmar. Uh, It's a referral from my, you know, best friend. I'm sure they're a lovely human, but we can never skip the steps. We just, we can't because what that referral person knows them as, right? Their aunt, their mom, their, even even in the capacity as a a VA is a great example, right? Your best friend refers to, oh my gosh, I love this VA. You're going to love them. The issue is, again, if we don't take the time, which a lot of people at that point, their best friend recommended it, they're going to call and say, you're done, hired money. Here you go. Let's just make this happen. Let's get started. But if they don't take the time to vet them, again, they're going to find out that that virtual assistant is a brilliant person at organization. And what this person, what I really wanted was social media, social media marketing. And I, I see you two months later and I'm like, best friend, you must hate me. Why did you recommend this person? They're horrible. I keep asking them to get this stuff out and these posts done. They can't write for anything. I don't even know why you referred them because we had different jobs. And so we really have to learn the process, take the time, get clear on what success is for you, boss. You can't outsource this piece. This is about building your team, right? Once you've got the program and the process developed, that's when you can start to bring in your team to learn it, understand what makes your team successful. But it's always going to take the time to be clear today, especially small business, right? You talked about scaling. The need's going to change. Your customer service three years ago was different than your customer service today. So even after we develop the process, we still have to go, okay, today, what's the most successful person bringing to my company to be successful and enhance this position, right? And I think that they just, they want to speed through the first part thinking they can teach them, but now we're paying two salaries to, for them to learn to do a job that is not helping your business grow, right? You're paying yourself, the trainer and them, and maybe they'll learn it. Maybe they won't. We don't know if they, if they haven't done it, if we can't see the skills in their past experience. I don't think that small business should be hiring for potential. I think it's a huge waste of time. It's great heart. 
I'd rather your business be hugely profitable and we build some great mentorship program outside of it for you to give back to your community. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it goes back to communication. There's got to be clear communication, clear expectation, clear goals. And I think sometimes we don't even know what our own goals are, let alone how to bring someone along and train them or, or lean into whatever their superpowers are so that we can leverage and hand it off so quick. They have to learn your system or whatever, but then they're running because that's their, their zone of genius. And that's what you were looking for in the first place. It's all about clarity. I think. Well, and also, and to your point, right? So that mismatch hire can happen because we're small business and we are running and gunning, right? So we decide we're going to go down this new uh, um, income stream. It's the next best thing. We believe it. We hire somebody who's great at this particular expertise. We get six months into it. They are great at that expertise, but it turns out we were wrong. The market doesn't want it. Our clients hate that we're associated with it. And so that person is great at what we thought we needed. But what we really need is somebody over here instead of what they do. So we have to be willing to go in and say, look, you're a great human. I really like you. But unfortunately, this is not what my business needs. As a boss, it is your job to defend your business and the rest of the team and your customers. And that includes looking at somebody who is brilliant at what they did, admitting that you were you hired, which you should have done proactively, but it just did not, the, com- the company doesn't need that skill anymore. So this is not going to, you know, we have to let you go and it's not fun, but when we are so scaling and we're so growing, right? Those are the stories you hear, you know, the big companies that scale up in a big boom, they hire everything and everybody. And then, you know, 12 months later, you hear them downsizing because they got too excited. They weren't, you know, they weren't taking the time to, I call watching for hiring triggers. They weren't taking the time to really plan it out and create strategy behind it. But yeah, it's, we're going to make mistakes. We're small business. Yeah. And two important words, strategy. And I think fluidity as a business owner, you know, over 20 years, I can't tell you the number of times I've changed my business model, maybe some tweaks. It wasn't a a huge overhaul, but I have had COVID need I say more. (laughs) We had to become super nimble and fluid in what, because we didn't know what was coming next. Right. So there was, there was a lot of shots in the dark happening, but yeah, how to be fluid so that you can easily go right to left to to forward to back, you know, whatever that movement is, we're out of time. Um, But I do want to share everybody, listen, if you're hiring, if you need to hire, if you're growing, and you're just not sure where to go, please reach out to Talmar, her website is boss actions, plural, so bossactions.com, or email uh, Talmar at Talmar at bossactions.com. Additionally, you have a free gift, the free boss assessment. Can you tell everybody about that? Absolutely. So there's different types of ways we approach management and being a boss. And so we've narrowed it down to three different individuals. If you jump into this link, which I know Connie's going to share with you in the show notes, in the show notes, then we will, uh, we'll have you go through a quick little assessment and we'll not only tell you which boss you lean towards actually, and give you some best practices that you can start using immediately so that you can start to get what you needed from your team. Great resource. Everybody check it out. Again, I will put the free, again, it's a it's boss, a assessment. boss assessment. Yeah. yeah. And it'll define what, which boss uh, type are you? Yeah. So those yeah. that will go in the show, show notes, um, Talmar, what a delight. I, I hope everybody kept up with us. <laughs> 
they can slow down the speed, right? You can slow it down. <laughs> and it's so funny because sometimes even if someone speaks fast, I speed it up. So yeah, I, I love it. I just love that capacity on Apple, even on YouTube, you can speed yeah. things up or slow things down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope we didn't go too fast. Um, thank you so much, my friends, for being thank on you. and sharing just such great pitfalls and ways to avoid just spending money and time that as business owners, we certainly don't have. And and by the way, this goes for all my, because I have a lot of corporate clients and they follow the show. So no matter where you are, you're still a leader in an organization or a business owner. This was great information. I so appreciate um, the conversation. Thanks. Thanks for being on. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having the opportunity to be here. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, Always fun. Always fun chatting with you. Uh, Yeah. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build and discover together that, you know, being heart centered leader, being a heart centered salesperson, it matters. And it really does make a difference. Don't be like my boss that I described um, when I was a financial advisor. Uh, So again, I hope that you are enjoying our, the conversations within the show, but you know, you know, my mom, Auto. Information is a beautiful thing. If you do nothing with it, it's simply that information. Take that information. Take some of the tips. Take the boss action uh, free assessment that Talmar is sharing with us. Take that information. Do something with it. And I promise you, watch the magic that happens around you. Um, thank you again for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net with me, your host, Connie Whitman. As always, I am honored to have you on this journey in business and in life. And I hope that our discussions help you move the needle to create a life that you desire and really that you deserve. I wish you all an inspired week. Do something differently. Try something different. And I promise you, magic is waiting for you on the other end. Thanks again, and I'll see you all next week. Have a good week. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. 